And we are now live. Paul cool. Bridges, thank you for joining me, my man. How's it going? How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. A uh, little bit rushed around this morning for some reason. Things haven't really gone to plan. How about you? How's everything your end? Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Um, just did a class this morning. Same as every day, starting at nine o'clock. Um, doing jiu-jitsu, some gi, some no gi. Uh, obviously, it's been uh, busy, then quiet this week, and busy, then quiet, because as you can see by the Christmas tree in the background, um, we're just about to hit Christmas. So, yeah, and everyone's on Christmas dues and kind of doing Christmas shopping and doing family stuff. But, yeah, yeah, but it's been really busy today, because I think now we're so close to Christmas, everyone's trying to get that training in just before the turkey hits and uh and they gotta like drink their you know eat their own body weight in turkey and mince pies and drink themselves into oblivion and all that stuff people love doing yeah um so yeah they're trying to get the training sessions in beforehand cool man so um for people that obviously don't know maybe who you are or um what you're about tell me and tell the people that are listening about your background and kind of your journey um, well, my background, I mean, if everyone's listened to a podcast before, we'll make it quick because uh, um, they, they've probably listened, maybe, maybe they've listened to this kind of stuff before anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my, my journey just started off as, as most people in very traditional martial arts. Um, started off in karate, first of all. Uh, did that when I was very young. Made it all the way to uh, black belt and got in freestyle karate. I got my black belt in 1995 um started teaching and then from there 95 uh, shortly after i started teaching got my black belt um watched ufc 2 before it's crazy um couldn't get ufc 1 really weird um i don't understand why they they release ufc 2 first on vhs um as in that's how ancient it is um yeah so they, they released that first of all and then i watched that blew my mind and uh, kind of been on the jiu-jitsu journey ever since, really. Um, and how many ever years later it is, almost is that nearly 25 years coming up, um, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, it just makes me feel old. Um, yeah, it's 25, almost 25 years later, yeah, I'm still doing it. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't, be, couldn't be happier with, with the choice. Um, obviously, because now I do it for a living as well, so it's uh, obviously it's, it's made a big impact on my life not just through the art itself but through um you know being able to kind of make a living out of it at the same time which is which is amazing because for most people they they never get the chance to do what they want to do or do their passion or do a job of what they're passionate about most people you know I, like myself for years and years went went to work to make money um just so you can live, so you can eat, so you can pay rent, so you can pay a mortgage and stuff like that. So be able to turn that into an actual living of where I can earn money um, to be able to afford to live, which is, you know, the most beautiful thing ever. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, great experience. Yeah, I think a lot of people um, kind of strive for that. Like, they they want to attempt that. Do you know what I mean? Something they're passionate about. They want to convert into their income. You know, for example, I can use myself with, podcasting to say you know i want to make money from doing this i'm passionate about it but unfortunately i'm not able to at the moment so it's kind of like a side hobby so i still have to go yeah. and pay bills and, and things like that so it's about persistence i guess as well I, I yeah a lot um, of that. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I was. I mean, it's only in the last five to six years, or whichever, or not even that. I mean, to actually start earning any kind of money out of it, it's only been the last few years, which I've really we've really turned a corner of the academy because of the growth of jiu-jitsu and it's becoming more popular, it's becoming more professional, uh, which is which is an amazing thing. Um, but it's only been the last few years of where the numbers have grown that much because obviously if, if you've got a shop and only three people are turning up every day, you know, then you're never going to be able to make a living out of it. But now it's so popular through different means um, and, you know, and it's more in the, the psyche of everyone. They know what jiu-jitsu is a little bit more. Because of things like the UFC and obviously um, there's great strides made from the jiu-jitsu community itself to push the sport forward and make it more professional, start paying athletes, things like that. So it's drawing more people in. I mean, you, you will see like, if you watch things like UFC Fight Pass, I mean, there was just one that went this week, uh, last weekend, I forget, last weekend or the weekend before, where um, they had the UFC, like it was a grappling event. But it was Quintet, I think it was Quintet Pro or Quintet Legacy or something like that. But it was the Quintet, uh, Kazushi Shakaraba, his event, uh, Quintet. It was on the UFC Fight Pass. And they did uh, Pride versus UFC, Bellator or whoever it is versus WEC, stuff like that, where you had all the MMA fighters in a a submission-only jiu-jitsu event go up against each other. And when it's drawing in, and you get some of these events now that are drawing in high level, like the last Polaris had Luke Rockhold on it um, going against uh, Rick, Ricky Rod. And the thing is to draw them people in that they want to actually be involved with jiu-jitsu matches themselves just shows you the slide of the popularity. And plus that will hopefully bring more um fans maybe that would be interested in mma but not so much in the jiu-jitsu to go oh man this is this is an interesting sport as well and you know it's kind of got its own style and its own age and its own kind of um culture about it itself that you know is, is very interesting and especially if you're a person that you know doesn't because there are some people that don't like watching people get their the uh, head shin kicked into into oblivion there's a bit blow it but it is i mean for some people they they love that but you know not everyone's the same some people the mma style might be a bit bloody but they like that competitive combat nature um and you know jiu-jitsu is fun it's like you say you could do a jiu-jitsu tournament one day and then do one the next day but you could never do that in mma because it's too damaging um yeah so i mean but the thing is about making making a living from it yeah man it's like i say to people when they go oh man they come into the academy and people see pictures online and i'm sure people that you know they they, they look at um very popular or very uh um very good um jiu-jitsu academies and very successful ones and they will turn around and they see oh man they've got like 35 people on a man now if i open my own academy maybe i could get that and yeah sure some people would but when people look at it they go oh, man you're so lucky but i always say to people i'm like a 25 year overnight success mm. i've been doing this for so so many years now and and teaching for so many years it takes you know you can't just like the jiu-jitsu itself to be good at the jiu-jitsu um being efficient with the technique and being able to be you know, very efficient on the mat and be effective and all that stuff is one thing, but teaching is another as well. So some people will go, well, man, I'm, I'm, you know, 
well, I'm a tough guy. I've won gold medals at this competition and that competition. So that naturally means that I can run a session and run a class and run a club. And some people, yeah, some people can. Um, but they're both completely two different skill sets, being able to run a very, uh, what I would call a successful academy. And for me, a successful academy doesn't necessarily mean, all right, this is the toughest academy there is. It's like tough guys. Yeah, you you know, tough guys are everywhere. I was saying tough, tough guys are everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just like me taking taking the iPad out. Um, tough guys are everywhere. But the thing is, just because you're tough, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily pass over into, okay, because I've won 15 gold medals at, you know, European World Championship, Pan Ams, you know, I'm, I've got this belt, I've got that belt, doesn't mean you're going to be the best trainer. It's like uh, they always say, who would you rather be um, coached by, Mike Tyson or Customato, who trained Mike Tyson? Mm. You know, the, the, and, and that's the question. I'm sure Mike Tyson, is his wealth of knowledge, he could teach you many, many things. But I know where where my answer would lie. I'd rather go with Customato because – he, he he's proven himself as a as a teacher, yeah. and and the man the and, and man. yeah it, yeah exactly. And and the thing is, it, it takes that in itself takes a long time. And I'm still working on that all the time. Um, like, um my my wife Ali, she's uh, she's got um, a degree in advanced learning and teaching and stuff like that. So. And, and she was um, in, in, obviously, she was a system principal in the school system. Now she works at the academy full time and she does alternative provision for schools through the academy. So she's still working with academies and schools all the time. But we bring the kids in that, that um, don't settle in or Ali does, not me. She uh, runs uh, daytime sessions with the kids that, that cannot, um, that don't fit in so well at school or they're struggling at school and they're hard to control. So we bring them in and it's been very, very successful what she's doing. We've, uh, she's been able to um, get a lot of the kids back into full-time education, integrated back into the schools through what we're doing, through the jujitsu and through all the uh, measures that she's making day by day um, with them kids. So the thing is, and, and, and me and me and Ali always sit down and talk about, you know, not just so much about, okay, what armbar are we going to teach today? What um, what kind of chokehold? What's what's the latest uh, innovations in jiu-jitsu? But, okay, how are we teaching? What's the best method? Um, which is the best way to um, interact and talk to people? Which is, you know, how do we run? How do we structure the classes? How could they be structured better to get the most out of people's time? So if you come in for one hour, that one hour you're going to get the most out of that time. There shouldn't be any wasted um time throughout that and if things are not working we we come back and we look at it and we address it and stuff like that and and sometimes it's it's hard because as a person you know Ali will do Ali will say to me now and again um and everyone's got like their own little ego I mean my ego is 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 very minimal but everyone's got one right so now and again she'll say oh you did this today at the class and I don't think and I'll be and there's that instant knee-jerk reaction of like well, i've been doing this like 20 years and it, it's worked so far so yeah. but then I'll, I'll, I'll go okay let take my ego out of it listen to what the person's saying listen to what my wife said and then go is that true or is that false and generally 
you know, as everyone who's married or is in a relationship, the, you know, the guy's usually wrong. And then, <laughs> as I always say, my wife's always right. And I, I would sit down and, and think about it and go, well, actually, that's really true. But I've got to take myself out of that equation to listen to not get, let me get in the way of the, the usefulness of the information and think, okay, yeah, actually, I'll try that. Even if I'm like, hesitant about it what i'll do is i'll pick it up i'll try it i'll integrate it into the class and then see the, what the reaction is and if it's better we'll we use it if i if i don't think it is maybe um i won't or maybe i'll adjust it a little bit you know so maybe think well it's not working because i've got to tweak it a little bit this way or that way so i mean and that's an ongoing thing and i'm learning all the time how to teach and i've been teaching since i've been like 18 years old 17 18 i've been teaching martial arts um so and i'm still learning every day and it and it never ends as well the way i can um try to you know be, be the best at doing that as much as doing the jiu-jitsu and trying to um be as efficient and as effective as i can be with the jiu-jitsu the same thing applies to um to the teaching so i think when people turn around and go oh man you know it's, it's so busy it's like you know like I've just picked it up and, and, and got it straight away. No, I'm continually, like everyone out there that um, trains jiu-jitsu or MMA, man, it's an ongoing thing. It will never end. And that's what I find. I can never get good enough and I can never, never master it. All I'm trying to do is, is um, kind of sharpen the craft, you know what I mean, and make it as good as I, as, as, as I can possibly make it. That's oh, yeah. all. I mean, it's, um, it's also, I think, uh, a good quality that, you're able to sit down and kind of talk about your sessions and look at how you can improve them and, and still have that kind of, I guess, first to constantly learn. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you're never, you're never done learning. It's like, okay, that session was good. Well, how can we improve and how can we improve again? And, and I think that's uh, such a good thing to have because there's a lot of people that can get to a certain level of whether it be teaching or, fitness or whatever and they don't think they need to improve anymore and i think well, well, that's... the world's best or whatever need they still need fine tuning in some way or another well that's the amazing thing with with jujitsu in itself is I, I say to people man i'm learning stuff every day every day i'm learning a little bit more or, or you know, a slight adjustment on this, or I realized that I was a little bit off with this. So, you know, I, I will kind of learn a better way of doing something or an adjustment, which makes that technique a lot more effective and easier to use. And I, I'm, I'm better now than I was last week or six months ago. Um, and that's the thing. And it does, it does kind of shock me that it's the never ending riddle. You can never solve it. And even when you think you have, the further down the, the further down the line I get, and the more I learn, it is that it, you hear it over and over again. And I think you kind of got to walk that path to truly believe it. And you know, and I've been doing, um, been training in the martial arts so long, and especially in jujitsu, and the amount of hours. I mean, I'm on the I'm on the mat every day, every single day, and I've not stopped for like twenty in jujitsu for like twenty five years. I've been doing it week in week out, nonstop. Um, and now I do it multiple times a day, nonstop. And the thing is, the more I learn, 
than what I realise I don't know. And it is that old adage that people say. Yeah. And it does sound a little bit funny because you think, well, if you know more, then the more you learn, you'll get closer to, to the end. Yeah. But you just realise that it's, it's one of them things. I think, you know, one of the best sayings I've ever heard is um, kind of it's the, the, the real skill or the wisdom is knowing what you don't know. You, you know, it's yeah. kind of everyone thinks they know, but I realise I really don't know anything. And it's that white belt mentality that I've, I've always been an avid learner and I'm always trying to learn and learn and not, and I never feel like I've actually, I'm actually there or I've actually, all right, yeah, now I'm, now I'm, I'm this good. So that's it. Cause I think once you think, you know, that's the death mm. of, of any art form or anything. Once you think, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, I'm, I'm the best. I've, I've got this, you know, no one can be better than me or, you know, I'm the best around or, or whatever it is and be very self-serving with your attitude towards yourself. Then as soon as you think, you know, you're dead in the water. And I, and I, and I truly believe that with, uh, especially with things like um, jujitsu and stuff like that. I think it's having that white belt mentality, that open mind to go, Okay, I'm willing to learn. And I'm willing to learn off everyone as well, whether it's um, a guy that starts in his first lesson and he's never done jiu-jitsu before and I watch him roll and he does something that counters something I've never seen it before. I'll take note and go, man, that's interesting. I've never seen anyone turn away and escape that way because the way I've been taught since day one is turn in. I did a... I did a um, um, I, I was involved with like a, a super seminar at GB um, Fulham a little while back, which is Legato's uh, gym in London. And there was a lot of different black belts that were teaching on the day. And it's part of the ambassadors program. So we could um, raise money for the up and coming um, youth squad of uh, Gracie Baja. So we do events like that to raise money to help them go to competitions, which is a great thing to be involved with. And so a lot of different black belts turned up to teach on that day. And I showed a, a back escape um, kind of little system that I've been working on for quite a while. Um, and it's probably not unique to me. I'm sure there's other people that do it out there um, or, or do a version of it. But I showed a lot of guys that. And even um, Legato is one of the greatest jiu-jitsu guys of all time. Um, and one of my best friends in, in jiu-jitsu, such a great guy. Um, he was like, oh man, I've never seen, that's like the opposite of, what you what i've been taught since day one but it works so well i can't believe going the wrong way but doing it that way works so efficient like like efficiently and it been like he was like man that's that's show me that again and um and, and and that's the thing and sometimes just picking up something and working with it and always trying to um develop it and staying open-minded to not go okay well this is the way it's always done so i don't need to learn anything else always having that fluid mindset to kind of, you know, just work with it. And the thing is, you'll you're know soon enough, if you've been doing it for three months and everyone's choking you out, maybe you should leave it on the shelf and, and, and uh, try try a different uh, strategy. But sometimes what you find is, is, is you'll do something and it works really well, but you've just not spent enough time um, mastering that part of the game. Mm. But But it's the same thing. I'll do that now and again of – different positions I would naturally end up in, but I'm maybe not that strong now. I'll, I'll, I'll force the, the role or the training session to let the person maybe get on my back. 
let the person get into a position just so I can um, get the flying hours on working that position over and over and over again. And I always say to people, sometimes when I roll, I, I, I let people jump on my back, let them get the mount. And it's almost like I'm being generous, but I'm being really selfish because I'm like, I want to work that position. So even though they're like, oh yeah, I'm great, I'm on pulled back and right, I'm going to try to strangle him. I want that. I want that challenge just so I can get the minutes in trying to work my escapes and trying to, um, and it's a risky game because the better guys you go with, if you haven't quite mastered the escape route yet, you could get tapped out. You could get uh, kind of um, stuck in that position for a long time and have to really, really kind of work and work to get out of there. But at the same time, it's, it's it, you, you, we need to kind of do that to just develop and play with it and have fun with it, you know. Mm. Um, so, 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 so that's what I find is having that open white belt mentality through doing just the training jujitsu um to be effective at the art itself plus with the teaching as well um yeah you need that and i think that goes across in in, in all life it's just to you know um question what you think you think you know yeah. and uh, and be open-minded and and uh, and and you know just take a back seat and sometimes just sit there and listen um like i do I, you know i I'm I'm a very observant guy. I would sit there and just watch people and listen to people, and try to um, one of the one of the best things I've I, I ever learned um, was to take myself out of the out of the equation, not get let me get in my own way, not let me get involved, and just go okay. What what's the information? How do I take that? Has the best way to apply? And don't let me get in my own way if that makes sense. Because yeah. I think some people will be like. Oh well, you know, I'm, I'm I'm already good at doing this, and I'm, I'm, you know, and, and I don't need advice from some blue belt. I'm a purple belt. I've, I've, you know, you should be listening to me. Mm. If if that's your attitude, then that guy might have the best advice that you've ever gonna hear in your life that could help you so much. Um, so take it and assess it, and if it's useful, use it. If it's not, discard it. Mm. You know, and it's um, but 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 you've got to take that moment. But it's that. But being open, but being open-minded is the only way you can really do that. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is as well, you've got to have an understanding that um, certain things you may think you're good at, someone else mm. may be better than you at, even if they're Always. ranked lower. Or your forte may be choking someone out. Someone else's forte may be footlocks. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. then, it doesn't really matter about the the belting system too much if it's close together it's kind of like well how did you adopt that and how are you doing that well let's learn off each other rather than that kind of egotistical like well i'm above you so don't worry yeah you know? well, well well this is the thing and, and 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 a good a really good example of that which would have been not so much now because it's it's more integrated into the jiu-jitsu system people have accepted it but if you take um for instance footlocks that you'll go back five six years and a lot of jiu-jitsu black belts would have rudimentary footlock game, like a straight footlock, maybe a toehold, stuff like that. Um, me included. I, 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 I had a pretty good footlock game. I, I pulled quite a few footlocks off, even from blue belt to purple belt and stuff like that. But it, it wasn't the same as uh, the game that's today. This is much more complex. The setups are better. Um, and the thing is, if you're a black belt and then you go, yeah, man, my footlocks are okay. It's like, yeah, I don't need to learn that because I've got such heavy pressure and I'll arm lock and choke you. And then 
you go into a match with a really good blue belt who just works footlocks and he's got all the new nuances and setups and you go into that it's very it can very it it it, it it's possible that that blue belt could tap out a black belt because if he drags you into a game that he plays better than you do. And, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've been there before where I've been in a competition and you feel you get dragged into a position of where, you know, that you've got dragged into the guy's strong point and he's playing the game better than you are. Mm. And it's very hard work to get out of that web. Um, and that's what I always say, say, say to people that, you know, You've got to kind of um, understand, study, and respect all aspects of the game. And you've got to keep up with, um, if you want to compete, this is, and you want to be effective um, in competition, you've got to keep up with what's going on in, in the modern era. Because if you're doing um, what people were doing in 1995 and you enter a competition today, yeah, you, you, you can pull stuff off, but it's a different game. Yeah. It is. And, um, and if you don't respect how much the games come on, it could be a real uh, shocking wake-up call when you get on that mat and you go, yeah, I don't need that. I just need this and that's all I need. Because, But then you, you start moving over into that very, um, what I call the death of all martial arts, where it's that very traditionalist um, approach of, yeah, I think it happened a lot with um, some styles of karate, maybe some styles of kung fu, of where my master 200 years ago did it this way now you've got to do it that way and it can't change because one guy set the president and then after that everyone has to do it so you can't punch like this it, your hands got to be exactly that way and i found that because i come from a traditionalist background so i'm not putting it down because i love the traditional martial arts and they've got a big role to play even nowadays and um and all, all art should be respected because everything has got its strong points and everything's got its weak points. Um, everything has, no matter what you do. Um, but, but the thing is, um, if you go down that line, well, that's the way we did it then. So that's always going to be the best. You, you, but then we come back to that white belt mentality. So I was talking about to be open-minded to go, okay, I'll try it and see if it works. And an easy way I, I think is, study study the data look at what's happening in competition because competition is the highest level that you're going to get when you get two elite level athletes that train four times a day three four five times a day all their life is just jiu-jitsu you're going to see the highest um expression of that art whether that's mma whether that's jiu-jitsu going at each other um which is different from like a street fight. That's, that's another thing altogether, like the self-defense aspect. But if you're talking competitive, um, a competitive sporting environment uh, or, or the art itself done at the highest level, you'll see what, what works at that highest level. When you've got someone that knows the attack and, and they're resisting fully against it and they're very game and they've got a lot of heart and a lot of desire and they're very mentally strong and won't just quit, um, what works under that type of pressure? and under that type of um, resistance. And you'll see, and the, you know, all you've got to do is you watch enough matches, the, the, uh, the date is there. And it should be a thing of it's repeated again and again. Not because sometimes you'll, you'll get um, different things that will happen. And it's like once in a once in a million, like you're watching a match, you see it once and it's a beautiful movie. You never see it again. What I like to do is study 
matches and see the thing, the you know, the lines of where it happens again and again and again and again, and then you go, man, there's something to this. Yeah. Like like the Danahar Death Squad guys did with where they exposed the lack of um, high level footlock defenses and footlock attacks from a lot of other jiu-jitsu guys and basically they come in with a very strong footlock game and exposed the weakness of a lot of other black belts of where at that at that point in time they weren't up to that level now they are but now they're changing the game again so they're adjusting to where everyone's got good at defending the footlock and defending the leg lock it's still as effective as it was but people have got better at defending it so then you start changing it again and start making it more about back attacks and, and different setups and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but it's but coming back to, it's just having that open mindedness to kind of, you know, absorb and not think that, okay, we've done it this way for 10 years. Um, and, and I think that's a, that's a big thing of ego. Like I was saying earlier as well, now we do it the best. I can't be told by anyone else that, that this is, this is this is not work because you know as jujitsu we we know as well because it's there it's on the mat does it work does it not and that's what that's what um attracted me i suppose a lot to the art plus keeps me in it is it's it's not um a lot of like it's just a hypothetical theory of okay yeah yeah well my instructor said that this works, but I can never pull it off. Mm. You'll know because you'll pull it. You, you'll pull it off, or someone will pull it off on you. And you're yeah. There's the facts, man. I was trying my hardest. I was trying to stop him getting on my back. I was giving everything I had, and it could still get on my back, and he could still sink the choke in. I still had to tap. There's your proof, man. You were giving it everything you had, and he could still work his way through all your defenses and all your um, capabilities, and still sink the technical uh, moving that he was after you know so i mean the mat doesn't lie like that's that's the other thing as well like things you will be exposed do you know what i mean to to an extent yeah. it doesn't lie like it's either good or it's not like it's either going to work or it won't like and it's that consistency as well because like you said if it's if it's a one time fluke like it's it's cool it's nice to look at but is it something that's going to you know uh, put you up the rankings, win you loads of competitions and things like that, or was it just a one-off? And it's like we need to focus on, say, the fundamentals and the the basics and the little intricate parts that we know work, and try and fine-tune the things that we're a little bit unsure of. Do you know what I mean? To make them work yeah. and make them consistently work. Oh, absolutely. And I always say that you know, trust. You know, if you're, you're a good academy, um, it could be of advice. Is always you know. Trust your instructor to, to the point. Question. I always say, don't believe me. I'll show you something. Question it. Go away. Try it. Man, I might not know what I'm talking about. I may be wrong myself. Try it. Come back. Then they say, oh, this isn't working. It may be a fault with your technique. You may have missed the detail. Or there may be something that you found that I, I didn't realize was there. Like, oh, if he puts the hand there, it stops it. And I go, oh, that's interesting. I never see, I've never seen anyone do that before that's good for me because then I can take that and use that as information to make the technique better. Um, and, 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 and that's the thing is kind of, you've always got to, got to have that and be open. And that's why I always say is take that ego out of it and that kind of take yourself out of it and look at it as the facts itself. That way we, we can always push, push the art forward, you know? I think that was, um, 
just touching on technique, I think that was one of the things that I was most surprised with about if your mm. technique's just slightly off, it ain't going to work. Do you know what I mean? Or it might work, but not as good as it should work. So we were obviously doing takedowns and um, yeah, the other day and uh, putting your hand on their knee and kind of lifting your head up to, to bow them over almost. Well, I was putting yeah. my hand up just in between the knee and the, the uh, hip bone. And I was like, why yeah. is it working? And then the guy I was rolling about with was like, I'll put it on the knee, mate. Like, Yeah, yeah, from the double it. leg. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like... Yeah, oh, it's because okay. you're, yeah, you're too high. You haven't got the leverage to stop him hopping with the leg. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it is, and, and that's the thing. And it's kind of like, you'll, you'll watch it and then you'll absorb it then go to apply it. And then you'll go... Uh, and in your brain the filter's gone, yeah, this is exactly the way my hand should have been, but your hand should have been down here, not yeah. up there. Um, but yeah, but, but I always say that. Um, I was talking about this uh, yesterday um, in the class where, you know, like tr trust you, you should always, you know, trust your instructor if you, you believe in what your team's doing and all the people you've got around you at your academy, trust in what they're saying, especially, you know, if he's spent, 10, 15 years getting to that black belt and he's teaching, man, it's not, you know, hardest belt to get, martial arts belt, black belt to get in the universe is the, is the jiu-jitsu one. So, you know, trust what they're saying. And I, I, I was, I was touching on yesterday about, you know, sometimes things online, cause there's so much information out there as, as we know in the modern era, but as there's, there's some that's really good and some misinformation. And sometimes I was saying, you've got to be aware of when people put, I think because I've seen a lot of it now and again where you'll get certain people put sequences up, sequences up that look beautiful like they're very intricate and they're going back and taking it back and spinning over and going upside down and it's like man that, oh man if I could pull that off I'd look so cool but I always say the thing is what you um, what I was saying to the people is what you've got to ask yourself is that's cool but show me some footage of you working that not with your friend on the mat where he's letting you do it, but pulling that off at, you know, a competition where the guy doesn't want to let you do it. Mm. Or like in a role where the guy is, you know, he's not making you look good for the camera, but he's fully resisting. And you pull it off again and again and again. Then then I'll, then I'll believe in it. But you've got to be, I always think with some people, uh, YouTube is one of the best things or Facebook is one of the best things for information of jiu-jitsu what someone done yesterday in the world championships you can learn tomorrow by watching it on on the internet now but back when i started man there was none of that it was just little bits of information here and there that you kind of had to take and then grow from um but you've got to be careful that the things that you're training um you know because you could put 100 hours into that move and it's going to be super hard to pull off against someone that's um at a very high level um so I always think is, yeah, if you do see stuff like that, question or say to yourself, okay, I want to see the, the footage of this guy pulling it off against someone that's fully resistant or he pulls it off in a high-level competition. Man, if you show me that, fair enough, you've proved that you can make it work. But you've, I always think you've got to be careful of that. If it's a technique that you've seen that you like, is it just the person demonstrating it to get hits yeah. on his site or get people to kind of watch his video or – because it's an easy way, right? Makes it look beautifully complicated, like it's like a Jedi move, and people go, "Wow, that looks so great!" Because visually, it's very pleasing. But some of the best things 
in jiu-jitsu, like uh, Hicks and Grace always, would always say, it's invisible. You, you, you can't even actually see it, like pressure, um, stuff like that. You, 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 you film someone and it looks very basic what they're doing, but there's so many hidden details that the eye can't even pick up. And I, I think at that level, that's where a lot of the true high-level um, jiu-jitsu is. Um, it would be someone like myself I always, you know, and for, for, for me it's a massive compliment because I'm not a heavy guy, I never have been. But I'll roll with people and one of the biggest things everyone comments on is, man, you're so heavy. You like, you're heavier than the guy over there that's like double your size. When I roll with you, it feels like you're, you're, you're like 25 stone crushing me into the mat. And I always go, how much you weigh? And I'm like 75 to 80, depending on if I've eaten too many pies that week or not. Um, and they're like, man, but you feel like super heavy, which is a great compliment because that's technique, but you can't see that unless you roll with certain people. Yeah. Um, but, but that is a technique in itself. You know, it takes time. You can kind of learn it, but then you've got to spend years with the subtlety and the weight distribution and the rela- relaxation to make yourself heavy under stressful situations. Um, but yeah, and, and, and I think sometimes some people will watch footage of certain people like, uh, like a Hodge of Gracie or Hicks and Gracie and people like that and go, yeah, man, that's really basic what they're doing. I learned that in my first week of jujitsu, like you see someone like Hodger and it's like, what he does is basic, but I always say to people, do not be fooled. Yes. The technique that he's doing is a basic technique that you would learn in your first few months of jujitsu but he's doing it to the highest level. It's the basics done at the, at the absolute highest level. And that's what I, that's what I always want myself is, you know, like Bruce Lee would, would say, don't fear the man that's, you know, done 5,000, you know, um, done 5,000 kicks 10 times each. Yeah. Fear the man that's done five kicks 50,000 times. Yeah. It, you know, because and that's the thing is, it's not about the flashness of the technique. It's can you make that work in in a combat situation, whether that's in a sport environment or whether that's in self defense. Can you rely on it? Is it, and does it work against everyone as well? It's no good if it just works. Oh, it works on this guy is my weight and that guy that is a white belt and I'm a purple belt and it works on them guys. But yeah, but the guy over there that's like super heavyweight. It doesn't work on him. I always want to try and find for myself techniques that work as, as much as possible against every type of body, um, every type of person, no matter whether they're tall, thin, wide, heavy, short, you know, um, aggressive, you know, um, they play a lot of defense, whatever it is, whatever type of person it is, um, they're, they're the techniques that I want that will work across the board because they're the ones that I can rely on. So because um, like, uh, someone like Horace Gracie always says, man, you don't get to pick the fight. The fight picks you. If you're out in the street, someone bumps into you and you look up at him and he's six foot four, go, yeah, well, you got a problem, mate. And, and you're like, no, I haven't got a problem. I'm sorry, bumps into you, whichever but he won't let it go and then he tries to physically assault you, man, you don't get to choose that. You don't get to choose how good he is, what size he is, how strong he is. You just hope at that moment in time that the techniques that you've been practicing with your friends in the academy are going to serve you yeah. and going to keep you safe. 
and even you know, it's not about winning. That's the thing. That's one of the misconceptions that um, with us in jiu-jitsu, we always say, man, uh, the main thing is it, it, we're not saying we can we, we can beat everybody. The thing is, our, our, our thing is, is that if we're in a self-defense situation is to be able to go home at the end of the end of the night, not end up in hospital or worse. And if we can go home safe, just even just nullify the attack and go home without serious damage to ourselves, we win. That's the thing, True. because, you know, it's, it, it, it's not about winning or losing. It's just about um, being able to defend yourself. And defend and defending yourself doesn't mean beating the other person into a pulp. Defending yourself means you don't get beaten into a pulp. That's what it means to me. I don't have to prove anything to anyone. Man, all I need to do is, is make sure that I don't get uh, severely injured, um, whether, you know, that's in the self-defense or whether I can defend myself well enough going for a gold medal at some uh, competition, you know. What advice would you give to someone who's um, new to jiu-jitsu? Um, don't overcomplicate it. Um, I, I was saying this to, to a guy that was training today, and I, I find myself saying it a lot to um, to a lot of the white belts, is just do it's kind of that thing just like when you've got your instructor just it almost sounds a bit kind of harsh but look, just do exactly what it says on the tin do exactly what your instructor your your professor whatever your sensei do just do exactly what they they showed you don't start adding other stuff on it's it's one of the biggest things that i see i'll i'll show something i know it's not just me i know this will probably be everywhere no matter what gym it is the instructor will show something and they walk around the class and he come back and then they go, ah, oh, Paul's not working. This, that. And they've added four other moves on to the move itself. Yeah. And they'd be like, no, no. I, I say, just put the hand here and there. And they go, yeah, but if I do this, it's like, no, just do it that way. You're complicating the movement. So the thing is, I always say, and I was saying to a guy earlier this morning in the class, I said, look, the thing is, just do it the most simple version that you can do. Try really to simplify it even more so. Put a hand here, do that, go for the sweep. Then when you've got the ABCs down of the movement itself, you know, not even today, like three months from now, when you've practiced it and you're like, yeah, I know this move now inside out. Then at that point, later down, later down the road, then start adding stuff to it because you understand the structure of what you're dealing with. But what I find, what hinders a lot of people um, is they take the move and they try and maybe overcomplicate it. Um, and that will hold them back because they're, they're essentially starting to confuse their self. And if you're not sure, put your hand up. If, you, if you're a white belt trainer with a white belt and the other white belt is trying to tell you how to do it and you've got a black belt or a purple belt or a brown belt standing on the side coaching, Ask them, because I know everyone tries to help each other, but this is um, another issue as well with um, coaching inside of an academy. We all love to help each other, and I'm a big promoter of that. We should all be helping each other, get the best technique. But if it's the first time you've learned it, you it's possible that you might not understand all the details correctly. Mm. Then you're going, oh, no, mate, yeah, now put your hand here. And, yeah, I'm sure... I'm sure the uh, the coach said put it that way around, but you're giving misinformation. Then when 
one of the coaches or professors come comes over and says, "Now do it this way." You've confused your training partner because he's got two versions in his head. The best thing you can always do if you're not sure, or they're not sure, you just say, you know, just ask ask the um, ask whoever's taking the session to show you it again, yeah. um, and and that way it's very clear. And that's another thing that can hold people back is you're listening to some guy that's just learned the technique for the first time himself as well. It's possible he could have it perfect, but it's possible he might be slightly off. Um, one, simplify it. Take your time. Do not rush. Um, and one of the hardest things to ever do in jiu-jitsu um, is relax. That, that's got to be the hardest thing ever, but it's going to be one of the, the best things you can ever do is um, relax, take your time, don't try to muscle it. And I understand because I always say to people that I understand why new people to jiu-jitsu muscle stuff a lot because, man, you haven't got the technique yet. So when you're fighting, if you're rolling and you're fighting with someone and you've got to get out of the position, you haven't got the technical capability to do it. So the only thing you in your brain will go, man, if I really push this guy, bench press him, it's possible I could get him off the top of me. Um, yes, and sometimes it works, but then, you know, it stops, it, it tires you out, <laughs> so you're, 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 you're kind of, oh my God, I can't do this anymore, or, but you're, you're practicing um, the wrong way of doing it, and, it's, and even though it might work now and again, it's not sustainable, um, especially, and it won't work against good guys either, all it's going to do is put you in worse positions. Um, the, the, the best thing to do is just, you know, relax, um, and the thing is, is, is like we're saying, is not having that ego to just go, okay, fair enough, let's go again. You, you know what I mean? It's, it's just like a video game. It's just kind of like, okay, if you know, if, if I'm if I'm uh, playing a video game and and it's hard and I die at that level, like get tapped out at that level, okay, set reset, we go again, and I just keep on doing it again and again and again until I work out the pathways and the maps and the and all the different little holes and what i've got to pick up and do this and i've got to put my hand here and i've got to do that and then i've got to solve this puzzle to get out of here this room then you work that out but you've, you you can't um can't can't force your way out and just um just take your time and realize to kind of just enjoy yourself and enjoy as we say it's used a lot just to enjoy the journey um, and just be happy to be on the mats. That's one of the main things. Don't don't try and um, rush it. You know, things happen at the right time. Um, I, I think a lot of things why people quit as well is because they feel that oh man, I should be here already and I'm not, or I should have this belt already and I haven't got it. And it become that becomes more the focus of the things that they want. I I want another degree or I feel that I should have had this belt two months ago, or I feel I should be better than I am now. And this guy's all, you know, everyone's better than me. I feel that I'm, it's taken me a lot longer to learn this than, than other people. And, and you get that as well. But what you've got is incubation of different people learn things at different rates. I've, I've noticed that some people, you're, you're teach, you're teach, you're teach. And you'll go, Man, I'm not sure this guy's, you know, he seems to really struggle. He's not getting it as easy as the other guys. And then a year later, all of a sudden, he just it just drops, the penny drops. And all of a sudden, bang, and he's going to go, man, where did that guy come from? I see that a lot with kids sometimes. When we teach kids, you go, they're messing about. You go, I'm sure they're not paying attention. Then all of a sudden, boom, 
and they do it and you're like, man, why don't they do that all the time? You know, but it goes in. That's the thing. And some people, you know, their way of processing it is different. They take it in, take it in, take it in, and they won't necessarily use it that day. It may take them a few months. It's like I say, you'll learn it today, but you won't really um, be good at it. Maybe till a month, two months, six months down the line. Um, because it's a processing. It's just like your computer processes information. It takes time to download it. Some people pick techniques up like that. They learn it in the beginning of the class. They're tapping people out of it by the end of the class. But that's not everyone. So you can't judge yourself next to anyone else and go, man, I should be as good as Joe. Joe, we started on the same day. How comes he's better than me? Then you make, that makes you want to quit, maybe, because you feel like, oh, man, Jiu-Jitsu is not for me. It's too difficult, uh, you know, and you start making all them excuses. Jiu-Jitsu is really simple. I was saying this earlier on in the class that, you know, Jiu-Jitsu is one of them things. It's as, it's as difficult or as simple as you make it, like life. It's the same thing. There's so many parallels. You can make life as difficult. You can make it as hard on yourself as possible. You can make it as overcomplicated as you want, or you can make it as simple as you want. It's your choice. And jiu-jitsu is the same. You can make it very simple or you can make it super complicated. But that's your choice. And then what you get from that is a direct in, direct response to how you address it. So if you make it super complicated and all the moves that you do are super complicated, then every time you roll, you've got to do super complicated moves. If you, you, know, if you make it more about a simple a grab, a simple passing game, I mean, one of the best examples we've got on the mat for stuff like that is, uh, you know, big John Rose. You know, John, yeah, doesn't move quick. He's like, I think he's near 60 now, maybe 60, I'm not sure. Big guy, has got a lot of health issues, stuff like that. Um, he's been in judo, been in judo for like 30 plus years. He's a uh, purple belt at, um, at our academy now. But man, he doesn't move quick for anyone. And he just, like that, Slow little game, grab your leg, push it to the mat, pass. But his game is very simple. But you watch how many people just can't. He does it at such a good level. He does the same thing over and over again, which no, I, 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 I um, hassle him to play a bit more guard, play a bit more this to because he's, you know, if, if it's like anything, if you want to reach a black belt in a system, You've got to understand the whole system, be able to play the whole system. You can't just play what you want to play all the time. You've got to at least have an understanding of all positions. But he does go into that comfort zone. But what he does is so basic. But, man, he gives everyone a hard time with that, me included. He'd do that. he start giving me a hard time. And I know what he's going to do, but he does it so well that you find yourself getting like dragged into that game. And then you go, oh, my God, he's dragging me into his game. And, and But once you're pulled into that little web, because he plays that game better than you do defensively, he plays that attacking game better than your defences, it's very difficult to get out of that game once you get dragged into it. Um, but that's a really good example of he's got a handful of moves, literally probably three, four moves that he does that is so hard to beat because he does it so well. And it's very simple. There's no complicated moves that he does. And he, and he can take the guy on the mat with the most complicated modern game and draw it straight back to basics and pull him into that move and it's fascinating to watch because he hasn't got the speed i mean yeah he's he's, he's a big guy he's got he's got the strength 
but he hasn't got the speed, hasn't got the agility. Um, you know, he's, he's not going to out cardio you, um, but he will just grip, grip and pull you straight into his game. And then once you're there, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult to, uh, to escape that web. Yeah. So, so, so that's what I find. Yeah. Um, can you give me 10 seconds? I've got a couple more mm-hmm. questions for you. I just need to kick the dog okay. out of the room because she's snoring. No worries. We good? Sorted. She's being a pain. I could hear her snoring. Away. Awesome. <clears throat> um, yeah, so obviously I've I've heard through the grapevine that you're uh, planning on competing again. Um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully. And obviously you've had a hip operation and some other sort of health issues. Yeah. So why why have you decided to to compete again and make that decision? What's kind of stopped you from retiring and and maybe quitting? Um. But I think a lot, lot of things I was saying earlier, it's about the journey. And like I always say to people, it's kind of like, you know, I'm not in the box yet. So if I can, I, I will because, you know, I'm, I'm one of them people. I've won. Um, I would like at some point to try and do the World Masters if if I can. And, and I'm very honest with myself. I mean, I've had a full hip replacement. Um some bit more ter- a bit more like the Terminator nowadays with the amount of metal in my body and stuff like that. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of them things that, man, if, if I can do it, uh, you know, I, I will just to kind of push myself and, and, you know, and possibly it's like, we always want to inspire other people to kind of, man, if he can do it, he's done this. And that, that kind of drives me as well and in that sense of, you know, I mean, I've got my son Neo and stuff like that. And, you know, for, 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 for me, it's, it's, it's about as, as much as doing it like for, for my own, for my own self in, in that sense to see what's possible for me um, and to see if I can do it. As, it was almost like a challenge to see can I, can I make like, some type of comeback to competition or not. And I'm honest with myself as well, you know, um, because I, I strained my, my, my groin of where the, uh, where the hip replacement is uh, a few weeks back. And I had to take some time off of, of rolling and stuff like that. And, and it's hard because when things like that happen, because I was doing so well, so well, so well, there's a couple of twinges I had a couple of times when I went, when I was rolling with some guys who were quite a bit heavier than me. So then I adjusted, stopped going with such heavy guys and went with guys, more my own size and a little bit lighter so I wouldn't strain the recovery because I only had uh, the hip replacement done in April um, and they said I probably wouldn't even get back on the mats any type of rolling till now yeah. and I was on I was back on the mats like doing what I could teach and stuff with inside of two weeks mm-hmm. inside of no, a couple of months I was starting to roll and stuff like that um, and I was doing really well and just moving my leg when I was rolling uh, a couple of weeks ago not even in any weird position, just straight up like that with my leg. It went and it, it pulled a little bit. And when things like that happen, it's, um, you know, it does get you down. You think, oh, man, I've made, I've, you know, I've made such a great recovery. And then this thing happens and puts me right back. And then you you start questioning yourself like, you know, am I fooling myself? And, you know, if this is happening in training, there's no way I can make a return to any type of, 
um, high-level competition. But the thing is, if I think like that, I'm just going to stop where I am and not push myself forward. And the thing is, I've been um, uh, before my operation. I was, I was, I started to like um, lift on a strength program and stuff like that. I put together, um, and since then, I've, I've, I've put a lot of, uh, I put more size on, a lot more weight to strengthen my body. Not because I want to be a bodybuilder or anything like that, or I want to be like some big yoke dude. It's just to protect, obviously, my, my hip. The stronger I am, the stronger my my frame is, and the muscles are around. The, the hip, the, the the more likely it is that I can, um, my body can handle stressful uh, situations that, that takes when you're training and competing because it'd be able to hold, you know, everything in um, a lot stronger. So it will, um, but, but basically bulletproof it against a lot of stuff. The stronger I am, the, the more that will, the more that will help. But like I was saying, I'll, for, for, for me in my head, it's been a process of, okay, First of all, I've got. I did all my strength training before. Made sure like, I was doing a lot of deadlifts, making sure my legs and my back, my hips were as strong as possible before the operation. And then afterwards, it was like, okay, now the operation's happening. Now you do it bit by bit. That's what, what I've just been trying to do. Okay, I've got to get through the, um, you know, the physiotherapy. Like just li- well, first of all, I've got to try and walk, then try and get up off a seat, then try and go to the toilet when you kind of you know, everything's bruised to death and you can't even sit down properly, then get through the physiotherapy. Then is it even possible to move on the mat and do some of the movements that I did before? Then after that, can I start lifting any type of weights without damaging any um, any repair work that's going on? So I've been working through and through. And, you know, um, the guy that did my operation is one of the best guys best guys out there. Um, Hugh Athorpe, his name is. He's one of the best surgeons out there. I, I heard, I'm not sure if it's true, I heard he did a Andy Murray's hip. Um, so, he's, I mean, he's really, really good. And he was um, shocked and, you know, very, very proud because of the work work effort that I put in, how quick my recovery was from, from A to B. It was like, he said, he's never really seen anyone recover as quick as, as I had, which a lot, I think, is mentality. Because I was, I was saying to my wife, Ali, before, I'll be on the mat, back on the mat in a couple of weeks. She went, well, you can't say that. I said, yeah, yeah, I will be. I'll be back on the mat teaching, doing this, doing that. She said, you, you've not had the operation. You can't, you can't really say that. But the only reason why I was saying it is because I'm telling myself that. If I tell myself and tell everyone else, else that, I hold myself to a higher account. But then if I say that out loud and put it out there in the universe, as they say, for me, it's more likely to happen. If I keep it to myself, then I can forget about it. And no one would go, oh, you said that you was going to be doing this now and you and you haven't. So that way it's putting a little bit of pressure on myself to say that I'm going to do it. And then obviously, you know, follow through and actually and actually do it. So and this is another thing of why I say, man, I w- you know, I want to try and make a return if I can to competition. But I will know just by the, um, the, the rigors of training. Um, because obviously before a competition you have to get training gets more and more intense that if it does twinge or I pull it or I feel that it's not up to it that's fine I'll retire I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm good either way because I want to do um, jiu-jitsu until I'm 95 years old so if that's the case I can't um, ruin myself physically in any shape or form just for a gold medal because the gold medal is not worth it I always say to everyone, gold medals are great, 
but within time they rust. So they're, they're gold one day and they turn to rust within 10 years. And me and myself, I've won lots of different medals and this, that and the other. I won't bore anyone with, with what I've won. It doesn't really matter. Um, or won or lost or whichever. But all my medals, whether they're British ones, English, European, stuff like that, they're upstairs in, in a bag in my sock drawer. They're not even out. I don't have any up. You know, it's in the academy. There's no medals up. There's no paraphernalia of me or anything because I always say to everyone, it's not about me. It's about the learning environment and it's about making it as, um, uh, our academy as, as positive as, as possible. But if I can, if I can make a return to competition, I, I'm, I'm trying my hardest to, uh, to get there. And, and if I can, if I can make it happen, I will. Um, and, 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 and it's that thing is, is to kind of try to, you know, in, inspire, not just like the students, but things like my, my son, maybe in the future will look back and go, man, you know, even with a, a hit replacement, my, my, my dad kind of returned to competition and, and gave it his all and, and stuff like that. And, and, and I think, um, sometimes that, 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 that can have a great effect on, on people around you. If they see that you're willing to step up and do it and willing to put it on the line, it kind of inspires other people maybe to do the same. Um, and, and for people that maybe have had operations and, and have been athletes and they, they may have the same thing like a hip operation and go, man, this is it. I can't, there's no way I can return to competition. This is over now. But if there's someone, maybe like myself or someone else, that does do it, it'd be like me knowing that someone has gone through the same thing and they're competing. I go, man, that would give me some confidence. And I may even contact that person and ask them how they did it and what process they went through and the mindset and stuff like that. Because it's not easy. It's not easy. And it, it can be, I think, if you let it um, control you and dictate what you can and can't do, then, you know, you're, you're, you're never, you're never get to where is to where is is maybe possible you know what i mean in this kind of so 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 that's why i, I will um keep on pushing i'm hoping um to compete if my if if, if i'm healthy and if if my, my my hip's in a good place and i feel strong um like march next year there's the um the emirates uh, london grand slam which is uh, in well, in London in March um, next year in 2020, and I'm well, I'm hoping to to give that a go if I feel strong enough. If not, I'll lay it off and I'll, I'll do something later on in the year because um, I've I've been contacted by a few different um, sub only um, shows um, already. This was like a month or two months after I had my operation, and I got called out by a couple of different people that wanted to kind of match me, and I think in Man, do they know that I've just maybe they do know that I've just got off a hip operation? They just want to beat me up. Um, maybe want to like kind of leg lock me or something. Um, but I was like, yeah, it's not going to happen yet. But even still, so there's you know there's possibility to maybe do that as well. Uh, maybe some because the sub only stuff really does interest me, especially no gi. Um, but but I'll see, and and if not, I'll, I'll lay it off, and and it'll take as long as it takes. But I'm. I'm I'm slowly, the same thing again, like I was saying, I take my time, slowly I'll move up and up and, you know, and, and, try, to, and try to get there. The same type of advice, I would, like you were saying, I would give to like a white belt, you know, take your time, take it slowly, step by step, you know, don't let yourself, don't get, let your ego get involved because 
it's like me. I've, I've you know, I, sometimes I want to roll. And it's like when I twinge my hip, man, I still want to roll. But I've got to say, okay, now it's time to rest and I'll roll next week. And, you know, or if it's not right, then I'll roll the week after. Um, but, but these are challenges, I think, that we have as we get older as well. Is like I'm not as young as springtime anymore. So, I've you know, I've, I've got to kind of take care of my body more and, and you know, and pace myself. As I say to a lot of people, it's like a marathon. You just got to pace you know, don't don't think oh, it's a sprint and I get there. That's okay if you're only going to be in a sport or um, the art for a couple of years and win loads of medals and then leave and do something else. Yeah, that's fair enough. But for someone like myself and for a lot of people that do jujitsu, once you get into it, you you want to be doing it forever. Um, yeah, it's a marathon. There's no rush. There's no rush. And it's like I said, I'm I'm honest with myself. If I don't make if I if I don't make a return to competition, um, that's fine. That's fine. Um, cause I'd rather protect my body and be healthy rather than try and, you know, let my ego write the checks and try and do something that I should have left alone. And cause you see that sometimes with fighters or people that just, oh, I just want to win one more match. I, I want to win the, the championship again. And, and they should have retired five years ago, you know, and that's fine because first, first and foremost, I'm, I'm a coach and I'm a, I'm a teacher um the the competing is a secondary to me that's that's more a personal challenge to myself that's that, that that's all it is you know um but the teaching that, that, that that's my true passion is helping people not not it's nothing about me i, I prefer to sharpen the academy and see people grow and you know and in jujitsu as they say it does it does change lives i've seen it over and over again the longer i do it for the more people I see it change. I used to think when I used to hear that a lot, people used to turn around and go, oh man, jujitsu changes lives and this will change your life. Because you hear that um, through mass media campaigns of when they're trying to sell you, uh, you know, like washing powder. Oh man, this will change your life. This thing will, or, or insurance. This will, you know, you sign up to this, this will change your life. And a lot of it is just BS. You know, a lot of it is just to sell their products. But with jujitsu, I've seen it over and over and over again. It's a weird thing. It it does. It helps people mentally, physically, um, and it and it does. It changes. For what I've seen, it changes everyone's life for the better. It really does. Um, so for me, I can't I can't promote it enough. Obviously, I'm 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 selling my own product in that sense, but I, I really can't promote it enough to anyone who's never tried jujitsu. Give it a go. Um, don't don't kind of view it on what you see because i think some people come into the academy they see people rolling around they're like oh, it's like cuddle club i don't really get this why are people just rolling around on the floor it's just that's yeah, not for me i always say jump in give it a go then when you feel it like we were saying earlier when you feel what it is when you've got someone who's 10 stone that feels 300 pounds on top of you and you're going why is this small guy i can't even get him off the top of me then that's when it impresses you and that's when people go if they're intelligent, they go, man, this guy's half my size and I couldn't do anything with him. Then you go, man, I want that skill set. I want to be able to do that because I know if someone double my size tries to um, physically attack me in a bar when I'm out on New Year's Eve, I've got a good chance of trying to defend myself. And like I was saying earlier, so I can go home to my family at the end of the night and not end up in hospital. You know, and that's, that's the gift of it, yeah? Yeah, I mean... Um... I think it's kind of inspiring just to hear that you're even thinking about 
competing after you've had you know a hip operation i think that's mad and uh it just shows obviously like you said with that kind of law of attraction process where you're kind of putting it out there you're making a commitment to yourself and then you know hopefully fingers crossed for you it all unfolds as you want it to basically yeah it'd be it'd be nice um it's obviously joe rogan says write your own movie right write your own story it's kind of that thing and, and everyone should you know everyone's got the potential to do to do whatever they want to do within reason obviously um but everyone you know it's like i always say people put a ceiling on themselves. i don't what's the ceiling you know why put a ceiling on something like for what you can learn when someone says you're not smart enough to do something or you're not capable enough to do this and do that test it see if you can see if you can't but you know oh it's that thing if you put the level here you know that's where you'll reach always put it well beyond that because then you'll easily go past this and even if you don't get to that highest level you would have bypassed the level that everyone quoted or thought that you was worth you know what i mean so go yeah man maybe everyone's saying that i can only reach this but i'm going to shoot for this you will bypass that very easily if that's the case um so yeah i mean there should be no ceiling to anything um i don't i, I never understand that you know the, the, the ceiling of something yeah well you can only get to here yeah i understand some sometimes you know you know not everyone can do everything they think they can x factor and you know stuff like that is a good example of you know people that um want to be something but they they they've not put in you know the, the correct work or they just haven't got the natural talent to be the mega star that they want to be and we've got to be honest with ourselves at the same time and, and realize that and uh and 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 kind of know and, and you know i'm a true believer in everyone is has got different skills you know and maybe the one that you pick for yourself isn't maybe not the correct one you know and 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 to kind of play around and find different things that you're you know you are interested in because i believe that you know everyone can be you know great at anything but it's finding finding that thing finding the thing that you you obsessed about you know, because me with jujitsu, I'm I'm very, I've, I've got a very uh, obsessive personality. It's in if I if I find something, it's like with jujitsu. I watch it all the time. I study it all the time. Every day, I'm studying different moves that I can like either teach in class or make better for myself. And I never stop. I'm always, I'm always, I'm always, I'm always thinking about it. Always studying. Um, and and that's the thing. And and but it's easy for me because I I love doing it. Um, and, and that's why I know it's right because it's not even like hard work. If I wasn't teaching, if I was just doing, I'd be studying it still. So that's why I know that it's the right thing because you, you don't have to pay me to do it. I do it for free as I did for years when jujitsu was first in, in the UK, no one wanted to do it. Well, there, there was people that wanted to do it, but it's very select few people because everyone still wanted to do karate and, and all that stuff and stuff they knew no one really knew what jujitsu was. So it was a, it was a hard sell, you know, to get people in and just watching people roll around on the ground with pajamas on and stuff like that. No one really understood. And then you tried to make a reference to the UFC and Hoist Gracie and stuff like that. And then people would be like, no, go like, I'm fighting show. No, like cage fight. But then when you say cage fight and people don't really want to get involved anyway, because then they think all you're going to do is beat them up. Um, but yeah, it was a hard sell. Now, like I was saying, it's uh, 
it's a different it's a different era. I mean, you get kids that come in now that want to do jujitsu. They know what it is. It might be the back off of the UFC, but they've heard it with people like Joe Rogan saying BJJ black belt, BJJ jujitsu this, jujitsu that. You know, through the microphone at every single UFC event and talking about it on his podcast as we're talking about on this one, um, the, the message gets out. And now um, you'll see kids that will come in, in a first class, do a back take or from the guard, try a triangle choke. They've never done a class in their life. I mean, back go back 20 years, all people would know was, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put my hands up and it's going to be a, a fist fight. Now you've got people that will like even kids that, yeah, they'll they fight you with their fists, but they'll double leg you and take you to the ground and try and mount you and, you know, and, and do it as what they've seen on, on TV or on the UFC. So I always say to people now as a self-defense system, it's more important nowadays to learn jujitsu than ever before, because you've got people that don't even train that know how to grapple a little bit because they messed about with their friends when they were 13, 14, 15. So they know kind of what to expect. So it's even more important to learn it because there's more dangers. Now, when you fight someone, you've not even just got to worry about them standing up and going, yeah, let's just have a stand up with your fists. Then they punch you, then they grab you. And then all of a sudden they're on the back trying to strangle you, you know, because they're just replicating what they've seen. Like people would have done in the seventies and eighties watching Kung Fu and karate movies. They just like replicate like high kicks. They might not know what they're doing, but they could be successful with it. So it's the same thing. Nowadays, it's, it's even more important to, to know how to, how to do jujitsu, to, to defend against them people that do it badly. You, you, you know, but if you don't know anything, that their, their version of bad could be good compared to you, if that makes sense. You know, and it could put you in a dangerous situation. Yeah, man, I agree. Um, people should learn at least some form of self-defense within, yeah. within their lifetime anyways. Um, but I'm kind of all out of questions for you. Um, okay, that's cool. Is there anything you'd like to add at all or you've got time now to promote yourself, where to find you? I'll put all the links in the description below anyway, so if people want to come and check you out or contact you for podcast interviews, they can. Um, but yeah, yeah, advertise your, yourself, mate, and, and uh, the product and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the product's just jiu-jitsu. Um, yeah, I mean, um, you can contact us on graciebarhastings.com. Um uh, if you go on the website, there's a there's a contact with the email there. Um, if you've got any questions or whichever, I mean, we're on Facebook. You can find us at GracieBarHastings.com or on Instagram at GracieBarHastings. Um, yeah, you can contact us on there. Um, if it's easier to use the website, if you use that and you've got any questions, um, you can use the email on there. My, my wife um, picks up them emails and stuff like that, and um, we contact you straight back with any questions that you've got. Um, yeah, but I say where we are it's a very you know um, from my point of view it's very professional um very welcoming to, to everyone no matter what age it's like we say we start classes with from three years old and our oldest i think is 77 years old in the over 50s class um so so we we go when we say like jiu-jitsu for everyone we we mean it's it's for everyone um so we've got people like in the 70s training which is mainly like the self-defense syllabus but we've also got like our elite squad 
training that we do weekly as well, where people that are wanting to um, step it up to like the, the highest competitive level. And um, we, we do sessions like that as well. So we've got a, a broad view for everyone from kids from three all the way up for teenage, teenage years into adults. We've got um, lots and lots of girls training now, which is great, which is a great influence from, I think from my wife, because obviously she's, um, she's a black belt as well. The teachers at the school. And I think that when girls come in, sometimes if it's just, um, like what I used to have where it would be just um, myself teaching, it's, it's just a very male-oriented kind of environment. But now, obviously, my, my wife teaching sessions as well, and, and we're there together teaching and team teaching the sessions, that they can see, okay, you know, I, I, can, I can do that as well. Like I was saying, it's, it's, it's very um, inspiring. Um, I think for some of the girls to see that it's just, you know, it's not a sport that's dominated with with men. It's it's, it's, it's one of them sports which I think we're proud of in jiu-jitsu nowadays of that it's from what it used to be to where it is now, it's very much, you know, um, both on equal levels. The girls and the guys are on a completely, like, especially when you watch anything um, on like the world the world stage whether that's uh, submission only or the world championships the women and the 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 men are on the same the same level unlike some some sports it's still very uneven with jiu-jitsu we promote that and for me personally i always say to the girls i actually prefer watching um the the girls compete in the sport i mean they're, they're so from my, my own point of view when i watch them they're so much more technical and dynamic than some of the guys that fight. So from a technical point of view, uh, I mean, they're, they're, the, the women are, are sometimes the, the the most entertaining and interesting to watch. Um, yeah, but like, like I was saying, it's the, the, the gym's open um, six days a week. We've got um, lessons in the morning. We've got lessons in the evening. We've got lessons at the weekend. We've got um, all different um, age group kids lessons. So depending on their age, we've, we don't just put all the kids into one one whole lesson. We break it up into age groups, which works the best, especially for the ability that they need. Um, but yeah, but if anyone wants to um, come down, first lesson's free, trial lesson, no obligation. Yeah, just, just come down, take a class, and it'd be great to meet you. Yeah, and um, I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with me, man. It's been, been an honour to listen to you talk and... Uh, yeah, I talk a lot, right? <laughs> nah, nah, it's good, mate. I like to listen. Like that's, I think, one of my my key skills is. I, I think I'm quite good at listening. So, it was. Um, it helps. We're, we're a good team, then. Yeah, <laughs> I talk a lot, and you listen a lot. There you go. <laughs> I do as I'm told, and you preach it. It's all good. <laughs> but nah, yeah, I'll put all your um all the links in the description uh, below anyway. Oh, that'd so be great. That'd be cool, and um, I'll chat with you off uh, camera in a minute anyway. So, so yeah, let's wrap this up. But cheers for coming on, cool. man. Okay. Thanks.